Live from the Santa Barbara neighborhood in Martinez Town, you're listening to Ten Ring Minimum with Chris, Billy, Michael, and Smiley. Well, oh yeah, I'm blowing out. That's half, that's, a, there you I go. guess, a third true? Yeah. That's the odd, right? Uh, hold on, let me see if I can get the stream up here. Let's pull it up here. Whoa, did it stop streaming? There we go. So we're here, there, and everywhere. Live from Tendering Minimum Studios. Let me open up the Facebook one. There it is. Hopefully it's live. I don't know. <laughs> can you see the here? There's the... So get get a good sound check on everybody. Oh, yeah. There's you. They're great. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty... Just, yeah. Just, um, James I'm, I'm is probably, here. I'm probably doing fine. Yeah, I might yeah. be a little high. So, yeah, I guess we should. And then we, we've got Hobo Hank in the studio. It's good to be back. Appreciate yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Let me, I'm going to move this onto my Facebook page as well. I think I can go there and do that. Let me see. We're broadcasting live for the first time on Facebook, too. Yeah, this so. is kind of a new experiment. Like, it's one yeah. of those things where, like, we couldn't figure it out, but now Chris figured it out. Yeah, let me see if it's on here. So, so we're. You can watch. Somewhere. Live on Facebook. Uh, is that us? Yeah, there we are. Okay. So let me share that to my home page. See if it'll let me. But uh, I guess we should uh, address the elephant in the room. The rumors are true. Michael has decided to leave the show. Uh, it's all good. She just had a lot more work to do at her uh, other job at the... Uh oh, I'm going to post it on... Let's see. Share a page. Where do I share it? There we go. Share it on mine? No? Okay. Weird. She I mean, we're gonna miss her. Like uh it was I guess it was one of those texts like go. midday, kinda like, Hey, I got this thing going on and uh, right. I'm always gonna have probably something going on because she she had her business uh worker to Sundays now. Yeah, time. so she's actually working now at you know, on the radio. She's actually on the real radio, you know, tonight. There we go. So we're live on my Facebook page as well as uh on our website, I hope. I don't know. Let me see. Are we on our website here? I just want to make sure everything is working correctly. Maybe. I don't know. So how how's it been, Hobo? Has it been good? Has it been bad? Is it uh how how have the frontier alleyways been? Uh life's been good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah right after I saw you last time we had a match. Yeah, you fought Vinny the Vagrant, right? Is that correct? Yeah, Vinny the Vagrant made his DWO debut. Yeah. And uh, that was a that was an interesting evening for me. <laughs> for sure. So you didn't know you were going to wrestle or who you were going to wrestle that night? Uh, no. You had no earthly idea. They didn't sh- they didn't tell you. You just kind of uh show up and they say here's, you know, here's who you're going to wrestle tonight. Yeah. So another one of those Matthew Robles's surprises. Yeah. Yeah. So they made you wrestle a guy who was supposedly also like a homeless individual, right? Right. And they offered him a box full of food, right? A cooler full of food. Is that correct? That is correct. So I was sitting there like that whole time. I was like, uh, I was like, this kind of seems (laughs) rough. I mean, it's kind of like bum fights kind of. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Did you, at any point were you kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. Um, it, it felt a little wrong for a while, but, uh. Yeah, I think it was good, you know. But you ended up helping him out, right? Yeah, you know, Robles has thrown almost every wrestler in the Southwest my way, so yeah, it was, uh, made perfect sense to try to battle bum with bum, I suppose. Bum on bum fighting. Bum on bum fighting. I actually want to know if that whole bum fight thing's actually folded because it was really kind of big for like the yeah. knots, and it was. Did you ever watch that stuff? No, <laughs> it was pretty terrible. Yeah, and and I'm pretty sure they got sued. Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore because it's pretty much illegal. Yeah, I mean, they were all underground. It was, like, really hard. It was back in the days of, like, Rotten.com and uh, stuff like that, you know? And it was really rough. It was, like... Girls Gone Wild. Is that still around? I don't think so. I don't think that one's around either. I think think it was around when, like, internet porn wasn't that big. So you would actually have these subscribers to girls just flashing their boobs. But then, of course... Pornhub came along and just destroyed every other thing that happened on as far as like I guess nudity. Oh <laughs> really? Yeah. Erotica. 
Shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think what happened was I think the guy who did uh, Girls Gone Wild ended up going to jail. Yeah, I think he had a lawsuit against him, too. Yeah. Um, Joe Francis. I mean, I don't know who he is. You're not, <laughs> someone finally figured out you're not supposed to exploit people like that for, for no pay. Really? Some girl's family suit, I'm sure. And Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was basically like, She hey, didn't know. You can flash us for like a t-shirt and then like notoriety for doing that. I don't know. Right. I'm sure at the time, like the girls were like, what, 18, 19? They didn't give a shit. Yeah. Well, the guys that did bum fights, they got sued by a human rights organization. Right. Because, like, one of their their main, like, characters, they had, like, tattooed, like, just get him wasted, and they tattooed bum fights onto his forehead. Oh, yeah. It was just all terrible. There was really nothing good about about bum fights. It was one of those just terrible things, you know? And then, like, at one point, they, uh, um, they, like, handcuffed the guy. To a parking meter and then like put his drugs just out of his reach, you know, stuff like that. Oh my god, that's yeah. horrible. I mean, there's nothing like that at DWO. DWO is doing no. that right now. No, they're not. No, <laughs> this is not correct. This is not. This is unsubstantiated. I'm kidding. So you won that fight, and, and you beat. You pretty much beat three people. I I was there. Billy was there. I was there. It was good. whose phone is beeping? That was mine. I oh, okay. Sorry. So. Um, you pretty much beat three people because you know you had the the evil Matthew Robles came out, and he's the one. He's kind of like your your nemesis, I guess you could say. Right, absolutely. And and so he comes out and he brings out Vinny the Vagrant to fight you, and um, so then you know they, they offer the guy food, and you were telling me that they actually brought that guy from like California. Uh, that's my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Let me yeah. pull this close. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they brought that guy from California. So you never even wrestled him before, ever? Um, no, I've never never met him before. We turned him up a little bit. So how hard is it to uh, <clears throat> is it to wrestle someone where you've never wrestled? I mean, do you, do you, before the match do you guys get in? Do you, do you? I know some wrestlers script it out. Some of them don't. Some of them do. It's all just it just depends. Sure. Um, no, I mean once you learn how to work, the you know how to how to work with anybody in the business. There's, yeah. there's really no need to, to go through all the motions beforehand. Right. Um, you might want to touch on some te- uh, some, some key points, you know, first first yeah. few minutes, maybe the last moment or two. Um, but primarily, it's it just do what you got to do, feed off the crowd. Um, I think it makes it more spontaneous that way when, when I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's, it's cool that the crowd certainly doesn't know what's going to happen. Right. Of course... Um, so that, yeah, cause I was sitting there, you were telling me that you, you know, of course I, it just blows my mind that you, we got people honking their car outside. Uh, it just blows my mind that you could go out there and just wrestle somebody and never have like met, like really met them until that day. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're in a match, you know? Um, it takes practice, you know, and that, that is one of the most, you know, dangerous parts of this business is you have to, you have to really rely on the promoters to bring in professionals, guys yeah. that know how to do that, right, right. and uh, people that you can trust. Because, yeah, ultimately, you you really don't know who you're getting in the ring with. Um, yeah. So, so part of part of what we do uh, is learn how to protect ourselves because mm-hmm. you just don't know. So, you're going into. I mean, when you do actually end up having to fight or wrestle someone that's that's not very good. Sure. That's, is, that's never, never happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's happened. Sure. I'm sure it happens all the time. It happens. So, I mean, what, how do you, do you just kind of take the lead and you're the, I mean, it's like dancing. You take the lead and you run it. You, you just kind of like, you know, just follow me. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. And if you're lucky, the guy cooperates with you, you know, maybe he realizes that uh, things aren't going all that well. Right. Right. <clears throat> that's interesting. I, I was wondering about that. I mean, so, I wanted to ask you this after last time. Mm-hmm. So the, the the internet has been like started this like this funny like you know thing. Haku, the the wrestler Haku. Mm-hmm. All these people have come forward and started to tell these like Chuck Norris style Haku stories about how he literally like he was what, what was his other name? Um, oh Ming, Ming. Mm-hmm. And people are like telling all these stories about like how he's really one of the toughest people in the world. 
Like they were like, you know, literally they're saying like, you know, if, if there was MMA back in those days, he would have been the champ. He would have just beat the shit out of everyone. And there's like a story where him and a wrestler are walking along and, and a guy's digging a hole and the wrestler kicked, a, kicked dirt in the hole on the guy and Ming got pissed and, and poked his eyeball out. Oh, shit. And blew out of the socket. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, well, I certainly and, wasn't there, so I can't right. substantiate that. Well, no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not asking you to do that. Sure. But I mean... Then there's so then there's like a remember they got in a bar fight. He reached into a guy's mouth and ripped all the bottom teeth out of his mouth. Uh, so who have who have you been around in like the last twenty years that is like legitimately just a tough fucking guy? Like you know he's you know you're like I would never fuck with that guy in real life. Yeah, that's that's a good question. It and it's it's usually not the ones that you would think. The, the ones that yeah. are truly dangerous are the ones that kind of fly under the radar. Yeah, a little bit. So. Typically, the guys that go way back, the further back they go, yeah. the, probably the more dangerous they truly are in real life. Right. Um, you know, I was trained by Navajo Frank Sice. Okay. And when I started in this business, That was his wrestling name? Yeah, Navajo Frank. Um, he, you know, he was big back in the 60s. Okay. He used to tour around with Ricky Romero a lot. Okay. And, and uh, so he was in the heyday of wrestling. Uh, but he was what was you know we used to refer to as a shooter. Yeah. And shoot he, fighter yeah uh, he was a legitimate shooter yeah and when i got into the business 20 years ago i would say frank was probably already you know early 60s at least okay and he was as dangerous as anybody i knew you know, wow getting in the ring with him he would uh, twist you up and tie you up and and uh and and he taught me i i that was one of the best things about learning from that generation is i actually got to learn some of those skills yeah uh not to his degree so I don't claim that at all, but yeah, um, you know, mosh pit Mike. I I've been around uh, when that guy gets a little wily, and he's yeah, yeah, outside the ring. He's, he looks like he could probably throw some some fists, you know. He, he, he can, yeah. He would be pretty rough to fight. So, what what these guys probably don't know is what a shoot fighter is. So back in the day, um, you know, there were people who would you know wrestling is fake. They would yell it from the crowd. So one of the things was is like every every federation would have like a shoot fighter, and that was a guy that was a wrestler that would come out and he would stand in the ring and they'd go, "Who wants to come in the ring and fight this guy?" And oh, shit. they would ask people to come in from the crowd. And sometimes it, it was a work; it wasn't really a person. They would have a person planted in the crowd. Sometimes it wasn't, and th- those people would come into the ring and you know they're like, "I'm going to beat this guy," and that dude would just you know twist and turn him, you know, just you know beat the crap out of him. Yeah. Stu Hart. You know, he was yeah. le- legendary shoot, you know, shoot fighter. People would always tell, like in the streets, they're like Stu, he's like, you do this wrestling, it's fake. And he'd go, oh, come down to my dungeon. And he, and they would, they, the, the heart children tell stories where they would just hear people like screaming from down in the dungeon, where their dad was just twisting them and you know, just a different, you know, ah. just messing them up, you know. Like, come to my right. dungeon. Yeah, those guys are legitimately dangerous, and yeah. you know, Frank and Ernest, the other guy who, who trained me, who also was <laughs> Frank well, and Ernest. Frank and Ernest, yeah, yeah. ironically. Um, you know, I was 15 when I started and, and so their, their theory was if they were going to turn a 15 year old kid loose in the world of wrestling against a bunch of 35 year old guys, uh, and and send me out to God knows where that they had to teach me how to protect myself because you don't know, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, you're, you are in there with a professional that's probably going to take good care of you. Well, or you might end up in a bar and someone's like, Oh, you think you're a tough wrestler? And well, and that, that happens a lot. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah, people try to not so much lately in the last couple of years, but man, the early days when I was, you know, the late nineties, uh, that happened all the time. You know, people would always want to challenge you or mouth off to you because they, they thought you were you know, this big, tough wrestler and they wanted to see what you were made of. Right. Um, so yeah, you never know. And then the crowd gets crazy. Sometimes yeah. it's the crowd that's more dangerous than the, than the guy in the ring. Right. So. Do you, do you have like any so mosh pit Mike's one of them, yeah. And do you have any that are like uh, from all way back in the day that's you know when you were younger when you first because you you've been doing it for twenty years right right yeah um yeah I'm sure I've heard a lot of the same stories as, as you have yeah um, trying to think back then um you know Leo Leo Luno he was another local yeah and and. Uh, he he was legitimately tough. He used to compete in a lot of the tough man competitions locally. Oh wow! Um, it was just either uh, boxing matches or bare knuckle boxing. Yeah, and he did pit firefighters against 
you know, police officers, and then just anybody would come in and, and fight. And the guy weighed about 400 pounds. Oh, geez, Louise. Yeah. So, I mean, you couldn't move him. No, no. He was, he was pretty much unstoppable. But Yeah. Um, it, it's hard, you know, in, in wrestling because you would, the guys, again, the guys you think might be, you know, dangerous and tough, they're, they're not the ones. Right. It's usually the ones that are real quiet, unassuming, and, um, you know, they kind of keep to themselves. Those are the guys that normally you have to watch out for. Yeah. You guys can call in 505-715-6511. We'll take your calls. Um, so who was the other one that was real big like that? Oh, the guy who trained Hulk Hogan. Like when Hulk Hogan went to go train the first time, they broke his leg on purpose. Hulk Hogan's leg? Yeah, yeah, they broke his leg. That's a legendary story. Like he came in and, you know, he was like this six-foot, like six guy. You know, he was the bass player in a band. And, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And uh, it was like, like Antonio Anaki, was it? It was some, some Japanese wrestler. Mm-hmm. And they thought he was really arrogant, so they just beat the shit. Like, they, they did that a lot, too. Like, that was a big thing when you first started was you'd go in to train, and the first thing they would do is literally just beat you up, like, in the ring. Like, get you in the ring and just physically beat you up because they wanted to know if you really wanted to do this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, breaking them in. Yeah. yeah. That was actually one of the very early days, you know, pages 16 to probably 19. That was my job. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So when guys would, because I was small, I was kind of unassuming, you know. Yeah. And and I and I worked out every night, you know, six nights a week. So, um, I I was privileged to more of the knowledge of the business than most of the other guys. Yeah. And so, when when guys would come train and try out, normally what we would do is we'd roll them around for three nights. Yeah. And let them kind of hurt themselves, if you will, and get used to the ring and just get used to the bumping. Yeah. And see if they're really going to be tough enough to take it. Yeah. And then after the the third night. Then we'd bring them back, and if their attitude was good and it seemed like their heart was in the right place, then we'd start to show them some things. But yeah. if it if it just appeared that that wasn't the right fit for that person or they just weren't going to be somebody we'd want to be around, um, it was my job to make sure that that was the last night they came back. <laughs> so uh, I can't tell you how many guys, being 16 years old, having to twist up guys that were probably twice my age and twice my size and um, – you know, every single time going into, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily something you want to do. Yeah. And I never hurt anybody just for the record. I would never injure anybody, but like Joe, send this guy out. Make sure he doesn't come back tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. The promoter would tell me before I got in the ring or he'd give me a little signal. You know, and, the thing uh, is like, I, I, I pledged a fraternity one time and, um, there were those guys that like, you know, would, would go, would show up, but then you didn't really want them there. So you yeah. Kind of just, right did some shit to like make them not want to be there anymore absolutely yeah yeah same same theory <laughs> turn yours up a little bit we just uh twist a knee or choke them out uh, yeah i don't know if you can do that in a fraternity but yeah it's it, it's not it's frowned upon now it was effective yeah so that that's pretty crazy so like and uh there was one guy it was really weird like because like back in the day you know people thought there were people who, you know who went to go be a wrestler and they they still thought it was real you know, and um, there's a lot of times they would just beat them up, beat them up, and beat them up. And if they kept coming back, finally they would go, "Okay, here's the here's how you know, here's the the secret." You know, and that, that <laughs> yeah. happened as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. They, you know, because they they really thought that it was just you know they're going to get in the ring and they're going to just fight every night, Little, legitimate like you know shoot fighting every night. You know, yeah. Well, the first time you know again we'd have them roll and roll a couple nights, but the very first time that we would actually tangle. Um, those guys would think it was 100% legitimate. Oh, man. And they would bring it, you know. And sometimes big bodybuilders or yeah. God only knows what. Guys with some you know, martial arts experience. And, oh, no. Um, so you never knew quite what you were going to get. Oh. But uh, luckily, we were, we were schooled to handle that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting because, like, now you watch, like, the NXT. Like, they have a show called Breaking Ground on, uh, on uh, USA. There's a kid swinging from the tree outside. The, on not USA on the, the WWE network, and basically the big thing now. I remember like when they had the w, WCW power plant or whatever. The big thing that they they got them out with there was like the 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 workout. Yeah, because yeah. the you know the shape you have to be in, you know, ring shape, I guess. Right. So I mean, do you just do a ton of cardio to keep in the ring shape? I mean, um, just run the ropes. Now, mm-hmm. I, now the most exercise I got was getting here today probably oh but, wow um back then we would uh 
Yeah, we'd work out six nights a week. Jeez. So we would be in the ring um, usually four hours a night, six nights a week, and, and that would be Damn. how we would stay in ring shape. I mean, I, I, I did go to the gym, you know, when, when I got the call from WWE and, and um, I was trying to get the, the pounds put on and, and uh, yeah. trim up and all that. Uh, I Do you was, have pictures of when you were the back for wrestler back then? I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything internet wise, oh, yeah. but uh, I'll send you some. I'm sure. Okay, I'd love to see this. I, uh, yeah, at that point we were going to the gym in the morning, you know, six nights a week, and then we'd be in the ring five nights a week. Oh wow! Uh, and that would be the majority of our cardio. Oh wow! It's a different kind of cardio. It's not you know you can't really run on a treadmill and yeah. then, and then do well wrestling because a lot you know part of it's mental you have to really have that mental game to right. not panic when you're in front of hundreds of people or thousands of yeah. people uh, or you know things go wrong when something goes wrong you have to be able to keep control um and then of course the bumping factor you know getting right. the wind knocked out that's a lot different than hanging out on a on a stairmaster all afternoon right that's a, that's that's the one thing that doesn't usually happen to me when i do a dance performance but the the rest yeah. of it sounds pretty accurate like, how do you practice dancing? You just do it all the time. Yeah. You go in, you drill it, and you drill it. Yeah, it's really no... And if you were to get in front of a lot of people and start to panic, certainly you would... You know how... Whatever, like, whatever shape you were in probably wouldn't matter at that point because it's, you know... Right. You're, you're nervous and it's over, but... You're sucking wind, yeah. you know. Yeah, as, as long as you don't... I, I, I've learned as long as you don't throw up on yourself, no one really notices that you screwed something up. But you've done that before, haven't you? I've um, one time I, I did have to run backstage, but that was that was that was overexertion that had nothing to do. You were so, hungover, yeah. weren't you? What's that? Were you hungover? Yeah, of course I was hungover. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching from the locker room. This guy was having, I think it was his, maybe his second match, and uh, he got blown up in about four minutes into it. Yeah. And vomited inside of his mask and oh. it just kind of shot out through the eye holes and the <laughs> mouth oh. holes and dripping all over the place. <laughs> Luckily, they were able to tag him out and get him out of there. But oh. that has always been my nightmare. Yep, that sounds awful. Or, or or that I'll fall off stage. That's my other one. Yeah, that happens too. Because sometimes, like the lights are too bright, you misstep, and you're like, "Oh, I almost just face planted like straight off of the stage." Wow. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, so you've got a you've got a match coming up this Saturday, right? I do. Yeah, Day of Destiny. It's Day our, of uh, Destiny. Was it nine? Is that was? That's what the the picture says. Yeah, unbelievably. Is, is, is that like the WrestleMania of? It's like uh, the Starcade. The Starcade. It is. Yeah, it's our big show of the year, and can't man, I can't believe it's already our ninth one. That's. Uh, I think I debuted, if I remember, uh, three for DW. Oh, really? Yeah. Day of Destiny three. So who are you wrestling? I am wrestling uh, a gentleman by the name of Moonshine Mantel. Really? And he is, uh, from what I understand, he's the the uh, heavyweight champion from Main Event Pro Wrestling in okay. Dallas, Texas. Okay. So, wow. Yeah, I've seen a little of his work on YouTube, and and he looks to be a he look. You showed me a fellow. picture of him, and I was like, Good lord! Yeah, hey, he's in shape. And they're going to bring him in to beat the crap out of you. That's the that's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to it, man. What if partially? What, what if he gets you up on the turnbuckle? Does it? Does a pile driver off the top turnbuckle and sends you to the hospital? That's does it, it. Does that end you there? Is that the end of Hobo <laughs> Hank? If you lose this match, when was the last time you lost? Um, I don't know. I've been on kind of a streak this year. I've had a pretty good year, but uh, certainly I've lost somewhere last twelve months. I had yeah. to have, yeah. Is that every one I've gone to? You've, you, you, well, yeah, you don't always fight, but sometimes you know you, you, you just come in and do kind of like a, you know, some sort of, I don't know what you call it, a uh, shot, a one shot, or whatever. You come in and you know you'll, they'll have you play guitar and then they hit you in the like, head with it, like bumpers almost, just kind of like not really. Uh, you're there to bumper. you're there to like just you know make your appearance, sure, and then they attack you and you know. Yeah, there's none of that lately. I'm I've I've been working. Uh, Two guys, three guys, or more at times, and I'm sure Saturday that's going to be a really physical match. So yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, that that's a big show, and we got a it's stacked. The whole card is stacked with. It, some there's great, quite a bit. I mean, Jeff Jarrett's going to be there yeah. from uh, um, 
WCW world. He was the world champ for a while. He was. He was the Intercontinental uh, J A Double T. Yeah. He was the Intercontinental champ there. Um, you, you're gonna, you know, he was. He started TNA wrestling. Yep. I believe. You know, he was the. You know, I guess he was the person. Him and his dad started that. Then I think he runs Global Force Wrestling now. That's what I'm told. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a be an honor to be on the same card as as he is. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple young ladies coming out. Yeah. Um, names escape me. I apologize, but uh, let's see if I can pull it up here. It's it's a pretty full card. I think there's probably eight matches that night. Let's see. It's Day of Destiny. You've got uh, Jeff Jarrett's going to fight uh, for the title. Let's see here. Destiny Wrestling here. Our tagline for uh, Day of Destiny is uh, every match is a main event. And D-O-D. That is true. Was it coming through on the Facebook? Yeah, it is. Okay. It sounded like I was talking, but it was really smiley talking. Oh, I see. Uh, I thought it had the card. There's an event. We, oh, we have similar registers. Here's, let's see here. Maybe. Yes. Okay. At the Westside Community Center, October 27th, 22nd. Tickets start at $15. It's a steal. If you get ringside seats, I don't know if they're sold out yet. But you can get put in a raffle to win an autographed guitar from Jeff Jarrett. Or from Hobo Hank. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll autograph a guitar, sure. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> then he'll hit you with it if you want him to. I'll hey, pay enough. I'll do whatever you want. Um, we've got, let's see, Extreme Championship match, Joe Casada versus the return of Donnie Amsterdam. Yep. Last time I saw Donnie, he was banned from the DWO for using a chair. That is right. Yeah. He's back for and one night only, I believe. We have Delilah versus Delilah Doom. That's kind of odd. <laughs> I wonder if that's a misprint. That's weird. I have no idea. Hobo Hank versus Ryan Mantell. It's a moonshine Mantell, yeah. Yeah, and then we've got Chad Thomas, who's the wrestler from Amarillo. He's wrestling Sammy Six Guns Jr. He's from WWE, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Then we have a Lumberjack match for the tag team titles. Brute 66 versus the Death Rage Cartel. If the Death Rage Cartel loses, Payne and Dexter cannot team in the DWO anymore. you got some stipulations on that match, you know? Yeah. Huh. And then you've like got the heavy... Hmm. Yeah, you got the heavyweight uh, match, Johnny K versus Jeff Jarrett with Karen Jarrett. So that looks to be... It's, pretty, it's a pretty stacked card. Absolutely. I'm sure there's more. I'm, I'm sure there's more that aren't even advertised there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could see the end of the Death Rage Cartel as we know it. If they do, don't win do you that think? Match. Do you think that could happen? I mean, uh, you know, and honest, I and mean, this is not just being a, you know, a little stick, but anything could happen at Day of Destiny, and anything no. could happen in DWO. And yeah, honest to God, I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen. Interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna kill this right here. That's very cool, though. I mean. There's probably going to be some surprises, you know, that we don't know about, you know, I'm hoping. Certainly. There's no steel cage this year, though. Uh, no, not a Day of Destiny. They decided to do something a little different, huh? Uh, yeah, and I don't know the reason behind that. Maybe, you know, just I think we we had a, a cage at yeah. uh, 6 and at 8. I believe, okay. So. It seems like a big to-do. Like It took I, a long time to set it up. <laughs> it's like we need this much, like, cage and we need mm-hmm. this much, like, whatever pulling or whatever it just seems like and plus you have to make it stable for somebody to actually climb on it just who do you go to for that it's a lot of work you have to go to like smiley's yard they they, they built it they built it i don't know <laughs> I, I guess like the, the it was smaller the, the first time second time they built onto it oh i'm sneezing but it was you know i don't know it was cool though it was a good match i mean but the one thing I like, the one thing that's different that I've never seen, I guess I haven't seen in a long time, is like uh, in that match, Johnny K won the title last year at Day of Destiny. Right. And he, uh, what's Dom Vitale? He chloroformed him. <laughs> I, thought oh, that was, right. I thought that was pretty rough. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see that a lot. No. No. The most economical way to go with these like matches yeah. are always just like the ladder ones, like the one where you have to jump on the ladder to get the belt. Oh, yeah. You just have to get a ladder at that point. You don't have to build a fucking cage. Yeah. 
Just do a ladder. Just do a ladder. <laughs> Good old tables, ladders. Have you ever, you, you, the whole, you can rent one for like 50 bucks. Have you ever done a, a, <laughs> have you ever done a, a tables, ladders, and chairs match? I mean, <laughs> Good old tables, ladders. Have you ever, oh, I'm just making sure it works. You have done that. How scary and dangerous is that? Um I mean, as much as you want it to be, I guess, right? It's it's always dangerous. Um, how scary it is, that depends on who you're in there with. You know, there's some guys that I trust with my life. Yeah. It, it wouldn't phase me much, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're in there with some, somebody you don't really know all that well or or that you don't trust as much, uh, it can be pretty scary. And, yeah. And um, that, that definitely plays into it. That That's one of those that you... I try to get mentally prepared every night. You know, I don't get nervous. People always ask me to get nervous before the show. I don't. I never have gotten nervous oh, wow. about wrestling. But um, but I try to have a, uh, uh, a respect for the for the danger that sure. I'm about to get into, right. potentially. Um, and so on those types of matches, I definitely try to take a little longer to, to get my mind around it. Okay. That way I don't get out there and... Um, you know, screw up. Man, it just blows my mind. Like, normally, if I say I'm preparing for a set that I do, like, musically, you know, I'll, I'll take some time to do it. Like, a couple of days, like, a few hours just to, you know, get my, my, my chops back. But having a person coming up just medium for the first time that yeah. day and doing an entire performance just off medium for the first... Like, I don't know. Do you guys... Like talk about moves you've done before, or just kind of like, how does that work? You got to talk about the finish, of course, right? Turn you um, ideally, yeah. But I mean, there honestly have been times where I I never even met the guy I was going to wrestle until it yeah. was in the ring. Okay, you know, announced announced his name. He walked down the. Oh really? The, uh, wow, yeah, that's nuts. How do you know the finish then? You don't. Well, I mean, the the ref tells you like in the middle, or um, again, if you're lucky, the the promoter told you who's going to win. And then it's just kind of up to that guy to make yeah. it happen. What if what so. if he told you both you're going to win just to fuck with you, just a rib? <laughs> you know, I'm surprised that hasn't happened in, in, in time. There have been times where guys didn't really want to lose. And really? You had to help them along a little bit. Yep. Knock them out? <laughs> uh, you know, hold them down a little more. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Well, sometimes happens. the ref counts the three and it's not really <laughs> The shoulders weren't really down? Uh, that happens, yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, like I said, DWO, uh, they're everybody – Everybody they bring in is very professional, and with the yeah. commission involved, you know it's it's really nice. But you know, back in the day, yeah, God only knows what she would end up in some ballroom in Texas somewhere, and somebody taught his nephew how to wrestle, and oh. you get what you get. So yeah, but it made for some fun story. I have, I have some good memories. Yeah, there's of that. there's some uh, there's some footage online of like the Gangsta New Jack, mm-hmm. where he. Uh, they re- he's wrestling some like old guy, and he's Gypsy literally Joe. What's that? Is it the Gypsy Joe footage? It is. Yeah, and he's just beating him senseless. And I mean, have you ever seen anything like that where it's just like they're they're just taking liberties with somebody, just kind of? It's know. always with the weirdo, I guess. Yeah, uh, the guy. The, yeah. the, I, I would do that with the cocky guy. Well, well, Gangsta New Jack's one of those guys that you really in real life wouldn't want to fuck with. He's kind of crazy, I think. Yeah, I he's have. killed. He's like he's got like three three confirmed. He's three killed three people. What? Yeah, he was a bounty hunter. I think is what it was or something. That's what it, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah. but he I was the, he was the one that would jump off the shit in uh, ECW, and you're just like, oh my god, yeah, how's that guy alive? You know, and then then they were like, do that again. And he's like, no, but then he would. He'd yeah, get all, he'd get all a, coked up and jump off some stuff. He's entertaining. For sure. Yeah. Um, I've, yeah, I've never worked with New Jack, but I, you know, I was working a show, God, probably 15 years ago in El Paso, and and if I remember right, it was like a four-way dance, so mm-hmm. you know, every man for himself. And two of the guys that were involved, from what I understand, I think they got jealous of, of kind of the, the push that I was getting, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I was starting to become a little more... Uh, well known and and it okay. was on television at the time. It wasn't a big deal, but you know it was televised. And they didn't like the fact that I was going to win that match, so they decided that they were going to they were going to take it out on me in the middle of the match. <clears throat> Give you a couple of potatoes. Yeah, and it was it went beyond that. It was super. It was it was very unprofessional. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I know 
I know there was a couple broken noses in that match. I, I actually have a couple chipped teeth still from that match. Really? Oh yeah, it got it got a little ugly. But why did they blame you for that? I mean, it's not your your choice. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm good. But thank you. Oh, okay. appreciate it. I got I got yeah, stuff I, after. I always I always wonder like why they would blame you for that when that's you didn't choose. You know, that's a good question. I don't but know. who knows? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's you know beyond the point. Yeah. Um. So it's a fatal four way. Was it like the three guys against you? Pretty much then. Um, yeah, there was what was one other guy there. He he didn't know much about what was going on. He was okay. just doing his part. The other two were probably friends. The other two were definitely friends, and and they were uh, they decided to team up and rough me up as much as possible just to uh, make me pay for the push I was getting. I suppose. Oh man! And it, it got it got kind of ugly and uh, got ugly behind the scenes too after the match. Um, and uh, did you guys fight it out in the back? After, in the back. I, you know, the only honestly, the only reason I didn't is that night we had Ray Mysterio was working the card with us. Oh wow! Got and, a little, uh, so you want to be a little professional? Yeah, I think Conan was there too that night. So, oh, K Dog. So we were trying to. Uh, I, I was trying to keep it cool for those reasons, but yeah, um, you know, some of the guys that I traveled with, they they definitely popped off at them. Uh, yeah, but that but one one time in five hundred, yeah, it, it's pretty rare. How was how was Ray Mysterio? Was he pretty cool? He was really cool. Really did, he cool wears, did he wear his mask in the background, too, in the back all the time? No, what is, no. What does he look like? Uh, the, the, he, WCW, he wrestled without a mask. Okay. He did. So there's a lot of, a lot of you know, video out there with him. He just looks like, I don't know, a little, little Mexican guy. Yeah. When, when Kiss. Un- really short. Really, He's really short, yeah. Really built. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Really agile. Really ripped. What yeah. about Conan? Was he pretty cool? Conan's awesome. He's, he's one of the coolest guys I ever worked with. Oh, really? Does he talk like that all the time? Uh, no. No, he's... Uh, <laughs> You know, it didn't talk much different than I do. Oh, okay. Um, no, he's really cool as far as uh, hanging out with the boys and interacting. And and I think he, he worked uh, probably a half dozen shows with us down there. That's cool. And I want to say he held the belt for a little bit. What what federation was this? This was a global uh, global championship wrestling in El Paso. Oh, GC Dub? Yep. One of the one of the incarnations. Uh, is that one still around? No, it's, it's not. No. Yeah. Um, did you ever wrestle down in Mexico? I didn't personally go across oh. the border. Uh, yeah. I worked with a lot of the guys from there because oh. they would come up to fill fill slots on our GCW shows. I was really hoping you had a really cool Mexican wrestling name. Uh, no, no, nothing like that. But was it uh, Norman the Lunatic when he went down there? He was Suleiman Grunde. Yeah, I did. I did work with Norman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How was he? Uh, he's really cool, quiet, really did, quiet guy. Did he pass away? I don't know if he did or not. Uh, that I don't know. I got to see him wrestle in Clovis. He would come out and he had a seatbelt on his head. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh boy, hmm. Norman the Lunatic. Oh, he was Bastion Booger. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was not aware of that. That's terrible. But yeah, he was Norman the Lunatic, and they had him come out, and he had like a. He was on a, you know, how oh, they'd bring him out sometimes, like Hannibal Lecter kind of, and he had a seatbelt. Okay, <laughs> so so if you're like morbidly obese, don't get me wrong, I, I'm that kind of guy too. Is it hard to do fucking wrestling? They just they just wrestle differently. They okay, just, I would assume it's gotta gotta be mm-hmm. tough. Because I mean Yokozuna, I mean, gee, man, especially his second run in WWE, he was massive. But like, I mean, he's like five hundred pounds. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, look at Andre. I mean, Andre wrestled for quite well, a long he, time. Well, the thing is, he was somewhat proportionate for his height, right? Though. But he still didn't, you know. But. Like you have somebody like Yokozuna, or like, mm-hmm. it's like how do they do that? Imagine I don't know. being winded after like two punches. He didn't live very long. He was like died in his forties, I think. Yeah, he was really young. Yeah, he passed away. One of the one of the many members of that family that's the wrestling family, the Rock and um, Haku and Rakishi and the Samoans and then the Usos. That's all the same family. Wow. Yeah. It's like the crazy. I would have never thought that he was part of their family. It was. What's, they, what's that? What's that other guy now who's really like? Is it Roman? Oh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, also yeah. Roman Reigns. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what was I going to ask you about the wrestling now? So, how do you compare? I mean, you you you've seen some of the you know mainstream product that WWE puts up. How do you compare like the difference between the product like the indies are like kind of like because you, you, this is the indies pretty much right? Sure. So, do you feel like? Since you're not on television, since it's not, you know, a weekly program that people can watch, do you feel like y- you have to do a little more of the more dangerous stuff than WWE wrestlers would do? 
Um, I don't. Uh, well, that's a that's a really good question. So I don't think we have to, um, but I think some people choose to because we we do want to leave that lasting impression. Yeah. And on and we do lack. There are obviously things that we are going to lack when you compare us to WWE. Yeah. We don't have the money for the stage, right? For the pyrotechnics and the lighting and sure. so on and so forth. So, but that's um, fine. That's all just. I feel like that's fluff. A lot of that, you know. I 100 percent agree. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think when people, some people that come to the shows, um, you know, they tell me that they prefer what we do over WWE, right? Because it is more realistic. It's more raw. It's more, um, you know, unscripted. Right. Then you have you know the the minority that'll that'll tell you the opposite that it's not as polished they don't like it because it's not as polished it's not uh, as, it's not a product it's not a television show exactly you know and and you know i think i think they make the mistake of assuming that the reason is not is because of the skill of the athletes involved and in reality yeah. <clears throat> more of what it has to do with is actual preparation right and the fact that we're just not working for television when you work for television it's a whole different animal we you actually have to plan for camera angles. You have to aim moves a certain direction and have to be very aware of your surroundings when you're doing it. Wow, I never thought about that, I guess, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of tough. You know, when you have like five yeah. cameras and you have one that's a hard cam on the right. on the one side. So you try to angle things so that that camera can see it. Right. Plus you have to, you know, you have time constraints that are very, very strict. Yeah. Commercial breaks. Yep. Um, During a commercial break, you do like a rest hold. Yeah, you try to bring it down a little bit yeah. so that the commercial can breathe, and then you come back and, and uh, pick it up from there. And for the next three promos. minutes, get him in a headlock. <laughs> yeah, so you you got to really have your, your stuff together for that part of it. But in, in DWO, we have a very loose schedule. I mean, we know who we're wrestling, um, but again, we don't. a lot of the times we don't know what's going to happen until we get out there and do it. Yeah. And if I walk out and the crowd is just loving every second of what's going on, it may go a little longer than yeah. we thought. Right. So just like a musician, you're going to do a little bit of an encore. Exactly. You're feeling exactly. it. You get, you know. So who is it? Who have you ever like, you know, really liked as a wrestler? And then they went, you know, went on to be in the WWE or WCW and you felt like they just screwed the character completely up. <clears throat> That's a, let's see. Um, There's a lot for me. Yeah. Um, a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, the ECW, I was a really big fan of ECW. Yeah. I felt like Raven, they screwed up. I loved Raven. Raven was great. Well, you, you probably liked WCW Raven. Yeah. Yeah, that's a total different animal. The thing is, he'd always lose in WCW. Right. That's the, yeah, that's why I was so shitty. Yeah. Mike Awesome, that was another one. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, guys like Terry Taylor. Oh, really Terry Taylor is like, oh my gosh, he was such a great wrestler. Fantastic wrestler. They bring him into WWC or WWF or whatever you want to call it at the time. And they're like, you're going to be the Red Rooster. What? Right, right. It was, it was terrible. And it ruined, I mean. Luckily, he got a pretty good gig backstage for them, but mm, it was. Maybe because they felt bad. That, you know, possibly. It, he, he was such a good talent, though, and it was yeah. a shame to see him out there. And, um,. Man, that's a really good question. There's a lot of them over the years. That, oh yeah, that have been uh, mishandled or, or even just not brought in. Um, really, I mean, any of the guys from ECW at the time, yeah, with the exception of Taz, putting I think, behind the mic, that was probably a great move. But uh, right, I was gonna say, I was gonna actually say, I think they got Taz, and they were just kind of like, this guy is not as actually as good as we thought. He's not as he's not he's not very big. No, unfortunately, but he's little. He's a good worker. Like, Kind of on a Saturn note, though, because um, you know, I understand like CTE is a big thing, like in NFL. Mm-hmm. Imagine you have you got to have that stuff for the older, yeah, uh, older uh, wrestlers. It's happening. Yeah, they're finding it out. Yeah, oh, that sucks. I mean, they, they they definitely think Chris Benoit had CTE, like they know he did, and you know that could have led to him murdering his family. They don't know, but. Oh. You know, the people are like, "Oh, it's all steroids," but they, you know, he did a flying headbutt off the top turnbuckle every, you know, every week. Yeah, sometimes probably five nights a week, probably. You know, mm-hmm. you know that's and that's funny. We not that we never thought about our safety because safety is always a concern, but um, you know, we we've taken shots that we probably shouldn't have taken for years and years. Yeah. And oh yeah, never really thought about it until all that kind of started to come to light. Right. And it, it's made me really think about it. And really? Oh, certainly. Oh. Yeah. Um, 
I used to take full on chair shots to the forehead. God, constantly. And Mick Foley's going to have it bad. I, I would imagine he'd have to. He's yeah. he's uh, he's put himself out there. But even teaching the younger generation now, I think that's that's starting to change. So yeah, hopefully hopefully it stops here. Yeah. You know when you're you know senile at. 60 years old hopefully not right well you know it's it's one thing i think to have a bad back and bad neck yeah. and bad knees and all that kind of stuff but your mental faculties you only get that one opportunity and right you you don't want to uh, uh you don't want anybody to leave this business in that way right it's not good well with that is there a move that you you have have had done to you that now you're like we're not doing that move Oh, yeah, there's a few. I mean, because like Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin, his career was cut short with a sit-down pile driver. Mm-hmm. I mean, sit-down pile driver's been done since, you know, I don't know, 50s so maybe? With sit- yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh, sit-down pile driver? Well, if you move the, move the computer, I'll show him. He'll show Smiley. I think it's like Smiley's going to have CTE. He has CTE now. Uh, he'll be. And, uh, he'll be. He'll be. He's in his early 30s. Yeah, they. Um, the last time I, I um, got a fracture in my skull, they they assumed I would I played uh, uh, yeah. football. That's a pile driver. So yeah, there's the there's the. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So WWE, it's actually illegal. The only person who can do it is the uh, Undertaker, and he does the Tombstone pile driver. He's the one they trust. But so, what what would be a move that you're just like, nah, we're not doing that move. Um. I you know I'll only take pile drivers from guys that I really really trust. Um, yeah. And you know honestly, promoters would they prefer you not to do that move? Yeah. Unless you are somebody that they really trust too. Oh really? Wow. So I mean I've only been called up to do it a couple times. Well, you, over the the, year. You're gonna you're gonna take the pile driver. I've been I've been called up to give it. Oh. Because. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I knew how to do it, but yeah. Um. I'm I'm not a big fan of power bombs. Oh yeah, I, I just uh, have come too close a couple yeah. of times not Those getting up. Look really cool though. They do. <laughs> they, they do look awesome. And as long as you get your head up in time, you're probably fine. But yeah, uh, I'm not a big fan of those or German suplexes. Really, you know, I've hurt my neck so bad a couple of times. Well, that, see, I always wondered how that like the German suplex seems to me like it'd be just terrible. It, it can be. Well, you know, if you take it right, it, it's not that bad. Yeah. But the thing is, it, it's a really small margin of error between taking it right and taking it wrong. Right. And at this stage of the game, I just don't have, I don't have enough neck strength left yeah. to, uh, to combat that one. So I okay. try to, I try to steer clear of those. And it's, it's, you know, it's less about me sitting there all night and telling somebody what yeah. I will and I won't do. It's more about I know how to get out of that stuff. Oh, I so if somebody tries to grab it on me. I probably have twenty or thirty ways to get out of it. Oh, I see. There's and not like a list back backstage moves you cannot do against Hobo Hank. No, nothing like that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that special to anybody to to be uh to be making those kind of arrangements. You, but you say that, but you're like the you're the superstar of the of the federation. I mean, you're the you're the face. And yeah, I would say like people go to to these shows to see you. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Well, that's, that's the reason we go. That's yeah. Go. Well, I'm saying like you were the main event of the last one. I mean, and then they always have some program with you in it. You know, sure. If you're not wrestling, you're going to come out and you're going to do you know throw a, a half eat drink coke at the at the you know the evil you know commissioner was he the director of competition right right yeah. Well, it's funny you know, looking back because in the early days there I was begging to get on shows. You know, I was crossing yeah. my fingers and just praying that somebody would would drop out of a show or uh, God forbid get hurt or something. And, uh, just having a claw of my ways onto, uh, some events. And it, it sure is nice to come full circle. And now it's, it's just a guaranteed spot every single month. Wow. So I really appreciate that. And that's DWO. That's pretty that's cool. Done that for me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's nice. And uh, yeah, but I mean, they, they, I think, you know, you do have that thing where when you come out the crowd, you know, you get a, you get a major pop. You know, everybody's like, ah, you know, you come out and you walk through the crowd. You know, there's like one or two children that have the signs for you. Mm-hmm. You stop, you drink the Coke and eat the chips, you know, and you go all the way around, all through the people, you know. I, I have like this that. photo. I have this photo. The first time I saw you, you stood right on the chair next to me and you're looking the other direction. <laughs> I have this photo of you. It's pretty funny. And then you were out smoking and you said hi to me. And I was like, all oh, right, on. that was the guy that was the, 
He, they made him wrestle like three times in a row. I felt really bad for him. <laughs> I've never had anyone chant my name. Yeah. That's got to be pretty good. Uh, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie. It, it's pretty neat. Yeah. It's it's cool to get recognized, too, out in the street, walking around. and Yeah. And, uh, Chris Burnett. That would be. All of, a, yeah, all of a sudden, you know. Then all of a sudden, I get pile drive through a table. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my oh, God. No, get no. the security out Comes here. Comes at a cost. You got to understand. But Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I just remember, like, there there are moments in my life where I was, the, you know, there were things that happened that I was like, oh, man, that's. And one of them was uh, Ric Flair had just won the world title. And they had judges by ringside. Mm-hmm. And one of the judges was Terry Funk. And Terry Funk came in to, you know, congratulate Ric Flair. And then he proceeds to turn on him and beat him. And then he ends up pile driving Ric Flair through a table. And that was the very first time I'd ever seen anybody go through a table. I remember that, yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. I was so upset. And like, I was like, he's hurting him. You know, and he, I was a little kid, you know. And he pile drives him through a chair or a table. And never seeing anything like that at the time, because you know, now you have, you know, they get tables out and they blast somebody through a table right and left, you know. Right. They'll yeah. light a table on fire and blast someone through it, you know. But in those days, you're like, oh, my God, that guy's dead, you know? Yeah. He just it, killed Ric Flair. It was on the cover of every wrestling magazine. Oh, it was so big. Yeah. And, you know, have they ever done any kind of angle like that where Hobo Hank is like, you know, out, he just won and then someone just, just I mean, other than the, they hit you in the head with the, the guitar. That was pretty close. Um, yeah. yeah. So have they, And those are real guitars, too. I thought maybe they would be like... I don't know if Jeff Jarrett's is, but, you know. Yeah, the one I got blasted with was absolutely 100% a real guitar. Yeah. And it hurt like hell. I wonder if Jarrett's... It's like, you know, because a lot of those shit... I don't know if it was, like, a cheaper one, because that's, like, press board, but... No, it was it was pretty solid. Oh, my God. That yeah. sucks. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, man, man, I've been hit with everything, or attacked with... Yeah. Yeah. Again, 500 matches, you, you know... I don't even remember half of them, but uh, Hank, it's been eight hundred matches. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! Oh it, my god! It, boy, it could be. It's um, happening. <laughs> it's know, been some of the the street signs are bad. Yeah, those hurt. Yeah. Oh, I bet they're. Yeah. What about the 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 shitty metal trash can? The fake crappy shitty trash can. That that hurts too, but not in the way you'd think. Oh, okay. It's got corners on it. So edges and seams and things mm. you, you would show me like ecw matches where they have the cheese grater is oh, that yeah. real oh yeah so they yeah. actually cut their skin and blood comes out oh yeah oh god i thought there was maybe like a trick behind there's it. some people who do this that are just fucking insane necro butcher crazy yeah he's crazy. i mean Controlled i remember crazy but yeah yeah sure. i remember um what was the federation it was uh Oh crap! Like C C Z W or something, X P W, X P W out of California, and it was ran by some like porno guy, I think. Anyway, it was like very extreme, and they had an extreme deathmatch tournament, and I think Vic Grimes won it. Yep. Anyway, I had seen like a lot of tack matches where they'll throw tacks on the floor. Oh God! Fuck but, no! But, but like uh, Mick Foley, he would fall in them, but he was always wearing like a shirt and he had something on under the shirt. There was some wrestler in that who was just in the little speedos, you know. Mm-hmm. And they they did a, a sidewalk slam on him right into the tacks, oh, and yeah. he just rolls around in it. And you're oh, like, oh, God. no! <laughs> have you seen anything like it's that? Like the guy who jump, jumps into the the cactus just for fun. Yeah, yeah. That, that is the that's guy. the guy. <laughs> just to show his friends. And have you ever seen that, like the aftermath, where they're like pulling the tacks out of someone in the back or I've, staples? Or I've, I've done all that. Oh man, all of that stuff. Oh so, my god. Yeah, no, I've seen it. Sure. Oh god, how long does it take to recuperate from something like that? Uh, it depends. Again, it's it's funny because some of the things, like the tacks, that doesn't bother me too much. Yeah. Because uh, I slammed my it's thumb. It's sting, right? Just I slammed my thumb in a car door last night, and it hurts so bad. Yeah, I heard that. That sucks. Um, we don't do a lot of car door matches because of <laughs> <Yeah>. that reason. <laughs> um, the outlaw car door matches. Car doors because of fingers. Maybe we should bring that back. Ah, um, my thumb. Yeah, I mean, tacks suck. They hurt for sure. Yeah. Uh, but you Bleed. pull them out and they're gone, and that's yeah, it's kind of over. But <clears throat> like the the kendo sticks. Oh, you know when, when you get slapped with those, it, it usually hurts. But when somebody really goes to town on you, and they they break, they actually leave these little uh, bamboo splinters. 
Oh God! By the hundreds, so right up and down the wherever the mark on your back is, or oh. face, or wherever they got you, uh, there'll be these hundreds and hundreds of little tiny splinters up and down. And for days, they get caught on your shirt, and they you'll feel them coming out of your skin. At uh. Just the most, you know, inopportune times. Will be playing with a kid or you know driving somewhere. Oh, okay. And, okay, so here's the thing: like top three things to be hit with. Not top thirty. We don't have that kind top of three. No top three worst things to have to let's, wrestle let's, with. Let's tease that for the second hour. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah, the top three things, like the worst things. The top three things that hurt the most. Mm-hmm. I'll think about that. And your band's called McAdoo. It is called McAdoo. Yeah. M is it M A C? Yep. Ah, are you? Did, did that guy ever call you about being a drummer? No, not yet. Uh, so if he's watching, give me a holler. Okay. So, and that was a great show, by the way, the other night at the launch pad. It sure Very was, cool. yeah. Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Yeah. Why would this not come up like that? McAdoo. Yeah. You don't come right away. M-A-C-A-D-O? Uh, but I, I got asked to play Russell Pyle's uh, party uh, here uh, on uh, 12 M-A. Sorry, M-A-C-A-D-O. I have a show um, like at Broken Trail Distillery. On the 28th for the Dogtoberfest, I'm the only performer now, so that's two hours worth of music, and yeah, hopefully it's great fucking spirits, it's great hangs, and we have our, um, I guess not Halloween show, because I hate any show, Halloween show that's in November, so it's got to be like some kind of weird... We do the uh, Dia de los Muertos. Yeah, it's, it's, it's our Dia de los Muertos show. Which would be November 1st. That'd be closer. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, totally. I just hate when the Simpsons do the Treehouse of Horror in November. It's like, that's the hack. It has to be in October. This will be our Dia de los Muertos show. Oh, you know what we need to do is find out who celebrates that shit in Clovis, Portales area and have them as a guest, as kind of like a a specialist. Okay. Or somebody... Who is hmm. good at harvesting pumpkins? <laughs> Somebody who has a pumpkin hmm. patch? Because I, I love the fucking pumpkin patch. Or three. I would hope not. Um, um, I can't. I, okay. Somebody involved in Dia de los Martos. Somebody who harvests pumpkins. We can figure it out. Okay, and um, like I said, uh, ten, that's, that's our show as far as Tim Drake Minimum goes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Chris, you guys, we're, we have uh, Hobo Hague on the show. I'm, I'm yeah, we're, we're, teasing for, we're teasing for the second hour. We're going to have the three worst things to get hit with in a wrestling ring. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll top that off with the three things that hurt in my lifetime. Getting hit? Well, no, just injuries by Injury was? Okay. Very like, cool. Like emotionally? Hey, that, that could be one. Uh, yeah. But I'll, I'm talking about physically. Can, when, I, can I just go with my top three concussions? <clears throat> yeah, there you go. Smiley's top three concussions, Billy's top three injuries, Hobo Hank's top three uh, apparatus Thing. to be hit with or be injured with on Perfect. wrestling, and mm-hmm. Chris's top, top three, three injuries. STDs. I've never, no, I haven't had any of those. So. <laughs> Ow. So that'll be long. That'll be tough to do. Uh, yeah, check us out on uh, tenderingminimum.com. Right now, we're actually broadcasting live on Facebook. We're not actually on our website. Uh, I couldn't do both. It, it really taxed the computer. But I would say that more people are watching on Facebook than Probably. we would ever done on our, our website. Yeah, there's a way to do it. I know how to do it differently, but it's it's Facebook isn't. like uh, There's a site you can go to, and you broadcast directly to that site, and then you can pick where it wants. They'll, they'll send it out to different ones. Huh. So we'll we'll, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I want to thank Hobo Hank for coming on. He'll be back the second hour. Go to the Westside Community Center uh, this next Saturday, the 22nd. Tickets start at $15. I think ringside are 35 I think. Yeah, I think, like I think they're 25 and then uh, 35 will put you in the a, VIP. Yeah, in the VIP, you get a 1 in 30 chance of getting a signed autographed yeah. guitar from... And you get to meet Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett. and Karen Jarrett. So. And, and the thing is, like... Being on the front row, mm-hmm. just kind of like just talking shit to them in their face, yeah. Especially the heels or whatever, yeah. just being like, "You fucking suck," and it's just like, "Fuck you," yeah. And then I'm just like, "No, fuck you." That's kind of like the yeah the extra. So cool. Check us out tenderingminimum.com. Add us on social media. We definitely drink. We do the show. You should definitely drink as well. But always remember, never, never get, get too drunk, drunk to jerk. Tenderingminimum.com.
Mexico, outside New Mexico, to call her on the phone. She wasn't home once more. Good night on her machine. Lord, pray her soul to keep. Another night I'll sleep. To engines burning gasoline and I.
Santa 